Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for us to show up and remember that God is really at work in our mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new story of hope and truth into your earbuds, your speakers, every other Tuesday. Y'all, we are partnered with women of my church, Life Church, where we are big-time fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word, literally in our pockets for free, wherever we go. Y'all, it's such an amazing thing to be alive at this time in history, but we also must fight to not take it for granted. And of course, we just love locking arms with all kinds of Jesus-loving women from all over the globe, from all over the Capital C Church, who are willing to share a piece of their life. So this might sound a little strange, but in this hyper-connected world with an overload of excessively shared information, I sometimes think about the unseen, the undocumented, the untold stories that have never gotten much press. Like not only the billions of lives that were lived before us, before videos and media and internet ever existed, but also just the everyday people and everyday work that's mostly hidden from sight. Of course, nothing in all of creation is ever hidden from God, but there are still many things and many mysteries that are hidden from us. In fact, John 21, 25 is a fun verse that says, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Y'all, one of my very favorite things about hosting this podcast is getting to shed some light on incredible women and incredible stories that might otherwise stay in the dark. Like Revelation 12, 11 tells us, God's people defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and by the word of their testimonies, illuminating the darkness with what God has done. And that is why I am extra excited to introduce you to my guest for today. Kate is a physician assistant and doctor's wife and mama of four who is currently serving with her family as missionaries in a remote mountain village in Southeast Asia. And even though she's living in a foreign country on the other side of the world, there is so much about her perspective, the struggles and joys and the timeless truths of God that's universal. Guys, this might not be the highest sound quality of all time, but we were just so grateful that the internet held and that you'd get to hear a bit of Kate's heart. I just truly know you're gonna love her so much. So wherever you are and whatever your story, grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Kate, welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I mean, it is such a God story of how this came together and just a little backstory. So Kate is actually in Southeast Asia. I'm on Central Time in the U.S. So the sun is coming up where she is and the sun is starting to set where I am. But because of technology, we get to chat about God in real time. Yes, it is so awesome. And even just how he brought this together for us to meet today, it blows my mind. So excited to see what he's going to do. That's right. And the internet is working. Yes. And little people are... (laughs) you know, where they need to be, at least my people, I kicked my family out to go play basketball. And I think that yours are with dad doing something. So yes, they're sleeping currently, but that may not last long. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, we all just want to know some details about who you are and what you're all about. So if you could give us a big picture glimpse into your life, that would be awesome. Okay. Big picture glimpse. So my husband and I both are from very small towns in East Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew up in like deep country piney woods. I uh, <laughs> loved it. It was great. I'm the oldest of four siblings. My parents were awesome. I got to grow up in a Christian home. Everything I am today, I blame on my parents. Wow. No. <laughs> Thanks, my parents. Yeah. They were amazing. They made me who I am, I believe. Um, so my husband and both, we did not know each other's kids. We got to text A&M and met. And then from the time that we knew that we were supposed to get married, both of us knew that he was calling us to come live overseas somewhere. Wow. And we didn't know where at the time. Mm-hmm. That was 17 years ago, I think. And so now through a long series of events, the Lord brought us here where we are in Southeast Asia. And we're here now with our four kids. We got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And my oldest daughter would be mad if I did not include our dog, our beautiful seagull uh, that she adopted this past year. Love it. And we live here in a very rural area. It's a village type area. It's a trading center hub of the entire district, mm-hmm. but it still very much feels like a village. Like I'm looking out my window and I've got water buffalo out here and oh my gosh. rice fields and my kids will play in the cornfield. Amazing. We got goats 
on our roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We had snakes in our toilet. I pray that the Lord would send me someplace with no snakes and uh, that prayer was not answered. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we are. My husband's a physician and I'm a physician assistant. And mm. so we are here. The original plan was to do some kind of medical education or teaching or just help in any way we could. Mm-hmm. And because of the past couple of years, we are now doing way more than we ever thought we could. We're seeing every type of patient. I mean, anything. Oh, my goodness. We had a guy had a chainsaw accident. We had to try to help him with his finger that he cut off the other day. And then, wow. um, but then we're also doing prenatal care now, which is new in the past six months and delivering babies. We delivered six babies this week, which is oh my gosh. For us. Wow. And you guys work together. We do. We do. We get to work together. It's awesome. Like, oh my goodness. We are living our, I mean, this is a dream of ours for years and years and mm-hmm. years. Um, but it came after a lot of hardships. So we get to wake up in the morning just thankful because we look back and we see what he brought us through. And it was very, very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has done an amazing thing here now. And through all this work, our goal is, of course, to share the good news with the people in our community who have a very, very low percentage of um, believers in this area. And right. so, um, so your job is in the medical field, but your calling is just to share Jesus. Yes. And we'll use whatever we can to be able to show Jesus. Come on. So right now it's the medical and late next week it's going to be food delivery. We're uh, donating food in our community. I mean, it's just anything or using anything. That's awesome. And, so, and my girls are experts. They're way better than me because they're fluent in the local language. It's amazing. Gosh. So how long have you been there? Well, it's been almost six years and it seems like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I bet. So just so everyone knows, we did make the decision to be discreet about their location and really their full name due to some turmoil going on within the country in which they're located. We do want to be smart. We do want to keep everyone as safe as possible. So if we're vague about some details, that's why. But I have to tell everyone, I'm just going to go ahead and say that we're calling you Kate because we're not going to share the full, real, absolute name. But we were talking about like, okay, what name do we come up with if you can't share your real name? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my husband right before and I said, okay, if she hasn't come up with a name, what should we say? And he said, what about Kate? You know, that's our daughter's middle name and we just love that name. And she got on and I said, did you come up with a name? And she said, well, my husband decided Kate, so let's go with it. And I showed her the paper I had written down with the word Kate. I just love that God is in the little tiny weird details. Yes. I love it. It's so awesome. Okay. So tell us some backstory. You said you felt called, but what brought you to Southeast Asia? What's your village like? Tell us a little bit more about it. Okay. Feeling called for me happened, I think maybe sooner than some, I don't know. But when I was 15, I remember sitting in my church that I grew up in. So it's now one of our sitting churches. They're amazing. And uh, there was an M that was there who served in Africa and he was sharing the stories from his time in Africa. And so I just heard the Lord tell me, this is what I'm doing in you. This is what I'm asking you to do for me is I want to send you out. I was like, all right, please don't send me to Africa. There's snakes there. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, don't say that. Like strike that from the record. Like if I say that, that's what you're going to send me. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, no, no, I, you can send me wherever you want. Right. Lord, just know I have a huge fear of snakes. So of course now, there's more in the middle, which I will tell you then, but the country we're in is known for its snakes in a Lovely. lot of these areas. And so um, I think the Lord is, has a great sense of humor. Um, of fortunately, we're so far up in the mountains that most of them are not poisonous in this area, but it's still just every time I see them, it freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> um, so since that time at 15, I knew like this is where I was headed. Mm-hmm. So even going into college, like I knew this is what he had been asking me to do. And some really good friends of mine just gave me advice of, with every decision I make, like what college I go to and what I major in and what my career choice is and who I date and who I marry, that if I don't keep that as the focus of knowing, like, this is what I know God's asking me to do, then if I am swayed by, well, he's cute, but if he doesn't want to go overseas, then they're just saying, like, you don't need to be distracted. Like, let the Lord help you make these decisions so that you can get there. They were just reminding me that so many feel called when they're young and then when they get older, just the distractions of life I think can happen or they just lose, not lose their way, but just lose, I think, some intentionality along the way. And then the Lord finds them later. Oh gosh, peace. we can all do that, right? <laughs> and it's been my story with other things. And so 
that was just really good advice for me. Mm-hmm. And so I got to college. I went to Texas A&M. And knowing that this was my future, he was going to call me somewhere. I just didn't know where. I was able to go with my father to China when I was still in high school. And they asked me to stay and wanted to give me a job at the place that we went. And I begged my dad to let me stay. And of course, my father would not let a 17-year-old stay in a foreign country. So I'm very thankful he brought me home. Um, But we saw the Lord do some miraculous things on that trip, me and my dad, and just confirmed in me that, like, this is what the Lord has asked me to do, but didn't realize how much I had yet to learn to be able to be usable Mm. by the Lord, just to be effective for Him. And so um, I think we hear from the Lord that He's asking us to do anything, go overseas or share in the States, and like, I got it. I got this, God. Thank you. I'm going to go do it. And then we forget (laughs) We do it with him and through him. And he has to teach us how to do it. He has to train our hands for war and equip us to do the things he's asked us to do. Mm. And so we take what he says and we try to run with it on our own. And then we trip and fall on our face. That's a word. (laughs) So I met my husband in college and he is probably the coolest guy I've ever met in my entire life. He is just so cool. His father is from Mexico. So he has got dark skin and he's so cute Mm. (laughs) and he's so cool so we became good friends he lived in my dorm and we had a lot of same classes our majors were very similar so I saw him a lot and I am not cool I was not cool at all I think you're cool you're cool now (laughs) he has made me cool there you go my husband Emily (laughs) for some reason I do not understand it he had a crush on me so he kept asking me out and I loved how my parents raised me. So I'm like homeschooler from the country, super conservative. Like I would not wear fitted clothes, like two sizes too big, kind of. So why this man thought I was, (laughs) I don't know why, but he pursued me and he saw your heart. He did. It was awesome. And so he also, when we first met, he was not a believer. So getting to see him over our time in college become a believer. And then not only that, the Lord gave him a heart for the nation. And so by the time we started dating and we're engaged, a year later we're engaged, that he was the same as me. He's like, I know this is what God is asking me to do. I just don't know where. Okay. And so, of course, his family wants us to come back to Mexico. That's where they're from. Um, my experience had been in China before. And so I wanted to go back there and take him there and like show him how awesome it was. And so we just didn't know where. So we just kept praying and praying and praying. And I said, he's a doctor and I'm a physician assistant. So we did a lot of school. Oh, yeah. Even after college, we did a lot of school. Oh, yeah, girl. All of that together. Lots of degrees. Ten years preparing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So many degrees. So many nights of lost sleep. But we got to do it together. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Um, during that time, again, a friend gave us some good advice to remember our calling and to not lose sight of what he was asking us to do. And so we made sure to every year go somewhere. So we went to, you know, the border towns between Texas and Mexico and on trips to go practice sharing and to practice using our medical skills to do mm-hmm. that. And then uh, we got to go to Guatemala and Costa Rica and Thailand for a month. And so uh, just a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And again, just seeing how the Lord put us together, my husband and I, I need the stability he brings to me emotionally and the calmness no matter what happens, he stays calm and just talks me through it. Hmm. And he needs my fire (laughs) and passion for things. And it's just amazing to see how the Lord brought us together to perfectly work together as a team. Hmm. And even now we get to work together in ways that a lot of husbands and wives, they don't get that um, privilege. It's so beautiful. Well, and I love that you said that he has to train your hands for war and that you spent so long preparing because I think often we think, if we're called, then we're just ready. And in certain ways, he has called and equipped us to do what he's called us to do on that day. But I do think that, you know, so much of the Bible talks about teaching and discipling and preparing. And so that's a really important part is that prepping Mm -hmm. even before we're planting, before we're harvesting, like that's super important. And sometimes we forget it. Yes. Well, even like with Moses, the prophet Moses, like I think he knew before he got exiled from Egypt and before he saw the burning bush and everything, mm-hmm. like he saw the plight of the people and he wanted to do something. And I think maybe he knew or had been told that he was going to be uh, part of the redemption of Israel out of Egypt, mm-hmm. but he tried to do it in his own way. He went and killed the soldier right. and he did not wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so he had to spend 40 years 
in the desert for the Lord to train him and prepare him to come back. To be prepared. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I am thankful that our training was not 40 years. Yes. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> okay. So what are some of the stark differences between where you are in Southeast Asia and America? Because obviously they're pretty different. It's so different. It would be so good to have asked me when I first got here. Because you see it when you get here. It's like so different. Yeah, now you're used and then to I was it. like, well, this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are no, in our town, in our village, there's no shopping centers. There's not even really any stores. Everything's just like a roadside. Mm-hmm. Either like open it. So there's places where you can buy crackers and bread. But there's not any like refrigerated section mm-hmm. no refrigerated section in a store nothing like that it's all open air market so just like fruits and vegetables and eggs and all the things that you just get on a farm exactly okay. and so there's a main uh market which has been closed for so long because of covid i miss it so much mm-hmm. i love going to the market mm-hmm. and there's a main market we can just walk down on both sides it's everyone in from the village who's coming and trying to sell what they grew in their uh, the village is on the mountain so there were the main trading center and for our district and there's about 800,000 people for our district. And so on market days, like when it's a really big season for market, like a lot of those will come down from the mountains to come and sell at our market. So you just walk down the street and it's like, you know, these people trying to sell tomatoes and these people trying to sell tomatoes. And, yeah. Um, there's fruits that we have never seen in the States ever. Really? Um, and then there's fruits that are super expensive. What's your favorite? My favorite here. Well, like that's not in the States that was new to you. So I had never seen a real passion fruit. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. So I do not like passion fruit flavored things. So when they held it up, it's this little yellow, sometimes green, sometimes yellow, wrinkly. When it's good, it starts to wrinkle. Okay. And they said, this is a passion fruit. I was like, Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> but we have trained our kids that if they ask if you would like to try something new, we tried at least one. Mm. And even if you don't like it, you say, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. And then be done with it and my daughter just sitting there watching me I was like of course I'll try it yes. <laughs> of course yeah it is so good really? it's so good it's Aww. nothing like the passion fruit flavored stuff in the states I love it here and so we've been lied to I uh, got it's, it it's not like a normal fruit it's seeds and it's just like yellow gel type stuff and you just eat it with a spoon with the seeds Aww. and all it is so good okay anyway that's all right. my favorite right now it's also passion fruit season so mm. <laughs> So I see that's a big difference is the how to buy. Yeah, how to buy food. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. There is no zoning here. <laughs> so you've got homes right next to the slaughterhouses, like where they slaughter the cow for oh, the market, yeah. right next to like uh, preschool. So for even us, we have our clinic in our front yard here. And we deliver babies here, and we delivered one at three in the morning. So our neighbors get to hear us. I bet yelling at this lady to push, push, and to count her in like two or three different languages. This is amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. So how fluent are you in the language? Um, there are no translators. Yeah. So we have not had been able to use a translator. I think after six months, like we didn't have that. So you've just had to like figure it out. Yeah. So we just function. 12 hours a day in the local language. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is, his gifting is he can type and read in the language and he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of us just, it's all day long, 12 hours a day. We have patients here doing something with our partners. We have several partners that work with us. So okay. it's all in um, the local language. I, we're forgetting English. <laughs> well. So I don't remember the English word, just forgive me. And um, your kids, I guess, are bilingual, like they're speaking both. Mm-hmm. And this is a language they will never be able to use probably outside of this country. Yeah, because it's just so like <laughs> but, individualized. Mm-hmm. Here, there's several pockets of this people group in America, mm-hmm. um, but not everywhere. So, okay. But yes, they are fluent. My daughters, both of my daughters, sound like the national children. Um, when they went to the market with me, or when they go to the market with me, and uh, they are so fluent that they sound like the local children and so they'll start talking to an auntie or to the seller and then she looks up and sees their white face Mm -hmm. and they (laughs) do a double take (laughs) and um they could not tell the difference between my kids and the local kids until you look at them them and it's amazing for them because we live like in a little, a smaller village, like outside of the main town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we're right here. Little suburb village. <laughs> suburb, yeah. There you go. 
but people don't ever tend to leave their little neighborhood. And mm-hmm. so they run this kid gang down here that runs through the I rice bet. fields like they're the boss. <laughs> so what's the bathroom situation for the majority of the village? Um, if you're near a rice field, mm-hmm. you can go in the rice field. Okay. If you're too far away from the rice field, sometimes they'll have like a trench and they'll put a little covering over it. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of the nicer homes now, they'll have like an outside like an outhouse. There's very few toilets inside the home. Okay. And so it's like an outhouse. Outside. Is yours inside the home? We, my husband, designed and built our own home. Oh, my goodness. And we got to move in in April. <gasps> and so he put two, not one, but two inside toilets. You fancy. And the builders were like, why? <laughs> Just go with it. We're foreigners. <laughs> you guys are so bougie. I love it. Yep. That's great. You mentioned the toilet situation. The other thing that's even more strange to me is that almost everyone bathes outside. The women put on, so they wear wrap skirts. All the women wear like a wrap skirt. Mm-hmm. And so they'll put it on up to the top without a shirt on. And then they'll bathe outside at the well. There'll be local like wells around the neighborhood. Okay. Um, sometimes they'll have one in their own front yard, but they just bucket bathe in the front yard with cold well water. Wow. And they don't understand. They were shocked and abhorred when they figured out that we go into a room and take off all of our clothes <laughs> and they get under the water. They think that's scandalous. <laughs> that's so scandalous. You take all your clothes off. In warm water. It's amazing. I mean, I'm guessing that they don't bathe that often if it's that big of a deal. Is that right? They bathe twice a day. Oh, the opposite of what I pictured. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, they bathe twice a day. Like you thought, I thought it's in the village. Cleanliness is not going to maybe be as big of a priority to them. No, if they can smell themselves just a little bit, that really bothers them. Okay. They do not like any kind of deal at all. Yeah. Like we sometimes will go a day or I may, I don't want to wash my hair. So I'll just wait. I didn't set that much. Yeah. And they're like, they'll tell me like, um, <laughs> you smell. <laughs> they'll come and they'll say, I think you sweat today. You're going to shower tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> I just don't quite understand. I mean, and we don't, we can move on, but I don't quite understand how with a covering on, like, how do you, how do you wash your undercarriage out <laughs> by the public? Well, I don't understand how this works. I know. <laughs> I am scared to try it. They've asked me to come try it with them just to like experience it. And I'm telling you, if I try this, I'm sure this thing would like fall. Yeah. And I couldn't keep it straight. So they like put it up under their arms mm-hmm. when I first go out and then they are serious about lathers. Okay. Like 30 minutes lather and scrub. Wow. And hair everything. Okay. Twice a day. Okay. Okay. And so they lather everything you can see and then they pull the skirt up around their shoulders and they get an arm inside and then they rub everything inside and lather oh, okay. inside under the skirt. Okay. <laughs> and then they pour the bucket into the skirt. So like it's not a quick process. I mean they right. are serious about their cleanliness. It's and again, I'm sorry, I have so many questions about this. Maybe I should have cut some of this out. No, but then if it fine. happens to be their time of the month, like, and they're having their <laughs> cycle, do they do anything different? Um, some of the people groups here think that you cannot touch water when you're on your cycle. But that's only some, but not all of it. So they won't bathe okay. during that mm. time. And they won't wash their hair. That's a big thing. They won't wash their hair. Yeah, um, but other ones, they'll still do it. And they will usually just wear pants under. Mm-hmm. And then... They'll wash everything, and then when they're done, then they go all out in public. They have a new wrap skirt, so they're able to put the new dry one over, mm-hmm. and then they can take off everything that's wet underneath, and then put on a dry underneath. It's it's like a dance. It's amazing. I'm not discoordinated. It's so fascinating to me. That's why I'm like, I just how do you do these like normal everyday things? You know? Yeah. It's awesome. Yes, it's amazing. And they're looking at us like, why don't you do this? And I tell them what we do in said and it just like they don't understand well, our way is good enough why would we ever want to do that why would we change and why do we ever want to bathe with warm water like ah oh, they don't understand the warm water oh my goodness <laughs> okay well I know that this could be like a 10-hour podcast and there's so <laughs> many things that we could talk about but I kind of want to get to the heart I'm sure that this experience has been hard and beautiful and messy all at the same time. We would just love to know what have been some of the greatest joys, what have been some of your greatest struggles. Just give us the scoop on what you've experienced and how you've seen God be faithful. Yeah. Um, so I told you, we prepared for 10 years to come. Mm-hmm. And so we finally got here six years ago. 
my husband and I both would have been 30 or turning 30, I think that year. It had been a long time coming. So we got here and the first six months, it was like we were on a honeymoon. Everything was amazing. Oh, this child peed on me. It's totally fine. I love it. I'm here. Like it, it, it didn't even matter. Like nothing faces. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we were a new team. We came with a team at that point. And before our team got to this village, there had been no foreigners allowed to live here for any extended amount of time for as long as we're aware since the beginning of this nation's history. And so that had its own challenges, uh, just having the community want to accept us. They've loved us, but still being very uh, wary about like, where are you going to live? What are you going to do? And just a lot of logistical things we had to do to be able to allow to live here had to go into immigration office like every day for a while Mm. but those were all expected we knew also that a large percentage of sent out ones or missionaries that have to leave the field leave because of team conflict but we came with friends it's fine we'll be fine and we did not expect that to be the most difficult part Mm -hmm. of our first term Mm -hmm. and there were so many things that came together to cause that um, culture stress. We all kind of came here about the same time, eight months different. So they were dealing with culture shock when we got here. And then a few months later, we started dealing with it. I mean, there's just so many details, so many reasons why. Mm-hmm. Well, even people with amazing hearts and with great intentions, like we're still all people. We're still yes. humans that are flawed and sinful. And yes. it's not always easy to get along. <laughs> it is not easy. It is so hard. Um, even when you think, your vision is the same when you come, then when rubber hits the road and hard things start to happen, the vision is not always the same in every detail. And it became excruciatingly difficult. Mm. And we always expect difficulties with your new culture and culture shock Mm -hmm. and difficulties buying language. My husband and I are both highly achieving people. We're medical professionals in the States. And then here we are babies again. Right. (laughs) So that was difficult and it upped our stress level. But the main thing that broke us in that time was conflict with our team. Mm. And you will hear that. That is one of the main reasons why missionaries don't stay is they have conflict, mm. unresolvable, in their opinion, conflict on the field. Right. And so um, all of us in our own ways are just having very difficult situations. There's a lot of misunderstanding and very poor communication. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a seasoned person with us to help mediate all this and to help us talk through all this mm-hmm. we you know we just all were fresh on the field and sure. trying to figure out how to do it and we didn't have that voice of reason of mm-hmm. this is normal stop being emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> stop overreacting and it is normal even though I know that that's like so hard we've been a part of multiple types of different teams and even though people love Jesus and have the same mission like life can be hard sometimes yes. and we don't always see eye to eye and it is difficult We don't. And we are all fallen. We still live in a fallen world. And it's a mess. We always thought growing up in conservative South and church that, well, if I just do what's right, then all the other believers are going to love me and agree with me. And that's just a fantasy. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that happen anywhere we've lived. And there's always conflict. And I think when it's with other believers is when it's the most difficult. For me, it's been the most difficult because I just had it. Well, this shouldn't happen Mm -hmm. if we're his, then we should be able to agree. Mm-hmm. But, but Jesus talks so much about like how to deal with conflict and Paul does. And it does. it's because there's conflict it's among conflict. even believers. <laughs> yeah. So the details at this point are not important for this part of my story. My story is through that time, my husband and I both became just incredibly depressed. I just remember sitting in my room and I would go to sleep at night and I was so hurt. Just like asking the Lord, please just take us home. Like, I just want to be out of this mess, Mm. this misunderstanding. Um, The worst part for me is to have people say things about me that I know aren't true. And then at that time, I tried to defend myself and tell them, you're not right. And it made it worse. I think misunderstandings are the absolute worst. It's so difficult. So difficult. And my method of defending myself (laughs) does not come off as bluffing. It comes off as being... Um, just defensive or prideful and that was not my heart what I learned through part of this is the Lord is my defender and Mm -hmm. if I can wait on him to defend me he will bring the truth out that's good and I did not do that I went to bat for myself I got just mad and tried Mm -hmm. to it just made the whole thing worse and so um towards the end of this 
the first term saga, my husband and I came home. I was pregnant with our fourth child and emotionally just broken. We were so hurt. And our wise mission pastor told us, just come home and let us love you back mm-hmm. to health. And so I, I didn't want to go. Like, why would we give up our dream to go home? Like, I'm fine. We can just push through this. Mm-hmm. But he was so wise to bring us home. And we ended up having a mediated discussion with some of the other parties involved in a lot of the misunderstanding. And and were they hurt too? They were hurt. And from my side, like, I never meant that. Like, that's not what I said. Right, right. Yes. Yep. Um, sitting there and it had gotten to the point with the team because of my desire to defend myself where I felt that everyone was pointing at me and saying, it is your fault, Kate, it's your fault. And that they could not see anything outside of that. This is my feeling. Um, I know if you ask other people a part of it, that they had their own struggle in this. And so for my story was sitting in a room and feeling like everyone was looking. And at this point, even my husband, there was some things that had happened that kind of made him start to doubt my intentions. Because I was so angry that I was misunderstood and mm-hmm. so trying to defend myself. And um, it's not pretty when you defend yourself. Like, mm. We don't look very good when we. But I get it. It's like you want to correct that misunderstanding and miss, like, hey, that's not, you know. Yes. Well, and sometimes I think we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge other people by their actions. And we yes. can't fully see their intentions or their heart. But we're like, even if I acted like that, that's not what I meant. Exactly. Exactly. And so, like, I want to do what's right. I want to do what the Lord's asked us to do. I want to do, um, I, I want to be seen as good, as a good friend or a good teammate or a good whatever. And I was trying to defend myself in that image of being seen as good mm-hmm. and right and not perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but just, again, just trying to, uh, I think I keep repeating myself, but just trying to defend that idea that mm-hmm. I had done this or I had caused this. And looking back, that was the Lord's job to defend me and the Lord's job to bring that truth out. And I think I could have played an active role in that. I could have been loving in my words and I could have asked questions instead of defending mm-hmm. myself. So I remember sitting in this room at this intervention. I was nine months pregnant. Not a great time to have an intervention. No girl. <laughs> and looking at my nine months pregnant self and just feeling the weight of like, I just heard what had been said and feeling that everyone was trying to say that it was all my fault. And that is my greatest fear is for everyone to look at me and say, it's all my fault. Mm. For me, that's the biggest thing. And my biggest idol is fear of man, wanting mm-hmm. to have the favor of man and being afraid of their perception of me. As so I sat there and in that moment, as I was facing, this is my greatest fear at the time was facing this. And I remember the verse in Psalm 34 and he said, I will deliver you from all my fears. And I was so angry and hurt because he, he, where was his deliverance? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the sweetest pastor that we know said to me, Kate, this is not your fault. It's not your fault. This is the fault of sin mm-hmm. and the enemy's lies and all of this through all of these teammates. And he said, mm-hmm. this, this is not all your fault. And so I just remember being angry with the Lord that he hadn't delivered me. And in that moment, his deliverance came. Just a reminder of it isn't my fault it is our sin and the lies of the enemy that causes such destruction among our relationships yes and he did rescue me from my fears and from that point my husband and I are both able to commit to I, I don't want to defend we do not want to defend ourselves we can play an active part in that of asking questions and and trying to pray with them and, and love with others but the Lord is our defender mm-hmm. and he will bring out truth and so just that verse, Psalm 34, he will deliver us from all our fears and our faces will not be covered with shame. Those who rely on the Lord, who call out to the Lord. And he did it. It was amazing. That's so great. So I think mm-hmm. this is definitely not uncommon. And I think the enemy is yeah. so sly and it makes me so mad that he can just dig his claws in yeah. whenever you guys are here overseas, like on this mighty cause, loving on people, and yet he can get mm-hmm. in and be divisive. And so what would you say to people moving forward? Obviously, you're saying that you got to a point of, okay, I'm going to allow God to defend me. Like, what advice would you give to people to kind of expedite, I guess, the the healing process? <laughs> I'll say a couple of things. Um, the first thing is during that whole season of just pain, I vividly remember sitting in our bedroom and just crying out to the Lord, where are you? Why aren't you here? 
And just knowing, even as I cried out to him, he was there. He was there with me. Mm-hmm. And because of that season, of I, I know I was being misunderstood and I just wanted it to stop. But I know him so much better because of what happened. Mm-hmm. He sat with me in those moments. And I don't know now that I would choose to shorten that at all. Mm-hmm. He met me when I needed him. And when in time when I was willing and able to actually focus on him above all, I mean, it was more important than how many people I got to share with that week or how many patients I got to see. He was the most important thing. There's nothing else that could get me through. And the second thing is, I think during that season, I spent so much time reading the word that there's just so many verses now that I remember because like, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I had three little kids, like it was difficult. Um, But I just had to sit with him and his word especially when I couldn't sleep. I woke up early because I just couldn't sleep. I just had thoughts running through my head. Mm-hmm. And I know those verses now that I need. And my struggle in this situation is different, I think, than another lady's struggle. Like our personalities may be different. But for me, I want to take action and I want to do this. And then when I can't, I just got so depressed and down and wanted to just give up. Mm-hmm. And in those moments when I just wanted to give up, he brought me the verse in Hebrews 12, 12 through 15. And it just talks about get up. I am with you. Strengthen your hands. Don't let your knees be weak. As far as it be up to you, live at peace with everyone. Mm. And do not let the root of bitterness grow in you. And that is my struggle even today is that I remember what happened and I still have deep heart wounds and that's the enemy's doing. Mm -hmm. And I still remember just accusations and I have new accusations that the enemy is trying to bring up. And I try to blame it all on that first term. It's not the first term fault. It's not even our team's fault. It's definitely not our team's fault. It is the enemy mm-hmm. using those things against me yeah. to accuse me today. And even this week preparing to talk to you, I, again, just those old demons of just like accusing me of pride or accusing me like, why would you think you have anything to say? Why would you think that you're worthy of sharing this with anyone? And I just remember this week just asking the Lord, like, please stop. I can't fight this. I don't know what to do. Like, do I believe this? Or is this just a lie? Like, where's truth? Is there any truth in this? Mm-hmm. And I was reading that day in Mark. Um, and it, we got to the story of the woman anointing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And his disciples started accusing her. Why didn't you sell that beautiful ointment? Why? It's so expensive. You could have given all that money before. Mm-hmm. And this week, the day that I asked the Lord to free me from those voices, I never, never seen this before. It's Jesus' response to those that are accusing her is, stop it. Why are you bothering her? Mm. She's done a beautiful thing for me. She has done what she could. Come on. And for me, yeah, I did all I could. I did all I could in that first term, mm-hmm. as imperfect and messy as it was. Mm. And even today, I'm doing all that I can. And the Lord Jesus does a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And not only do I need to resist those voices that are accusing me, but I need to stop myself from finding fault with myself. But he, he thinks it's a beautiful thing. It's not perfect. And he's going to make it better every year. Is my prayer. Just help me do a little bit better next year. Yes. But um, he values it. I think that's so wise because I do think we do what we can. And then we have to, have to leave it in his hands because we will never make every single person happy. And again, I'm not saying that's an excuse to be like, we'll do whatever and they'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I loved that verse that you referenced a second ago. You know, we do come to do what we can and to be peacemakers. And then it makes me think of Jesus himself. He was misunderstood more than anyone else. And so he understands that place of grief of being just so confused and misunderstood, yet he had to leave it in his father's hands as well. It says in the word that Jesus despised the shame. He did what he was called to do. He did what was right. And he didn't worry about the naysayers or the accusers or mm-hmm. any of that. He, he knew who the Lord had asked him to do. And he did it in love. No one else is loved like him. And he he still had people coming and accusing him and mm-hmm. calling him a possessed by demons, all this stuff. But right. even he had that. And he despised the thing. He didn't let that stop him. Mm-hmm. And it's still very difficult for me. But just remembering our Lord's response, and then also just his words in that story this week has been really, really helpful. Well, I think what you just said is super important that he didn't let it stop him because sometimes these accusations, and that's what the enemy does, doesn't he? Like our father lovingly convicts when we need correction, whereas the enemy just 
throws shame and guilt on us. And so I think that's where we can distinguish, but he didn't let it stop him. And I think that's important that you said that, that no matter, even if we've done something wrong, like we have to just accept that grace and not let it stop us, like not let it paralyze us from, you know, completing the tasks that he's given us to do. And so I think that's so huge. Yeah. So through all of this, what have you learned? I keep coming back. The Lord keeps bringing me back to the truth that he delights in us. Mm-hmm. He delighted in us. And that is why he rescued us from our fears. That's why he took away all of our shame. I mean, everything that he did for us is because I, mean, I believe from the word he delighted in us. Mm-hmm. He delighted over us from Zephaniah 3. He delights over you with singing. And at the time, I was like, great. That's awesome. I'm so thankful for myself. And I have to say, at that time, my husband and I were so depressed, despairing of life even. Like, we did not want to go on. And the Lord brought us back to our home church. And they loved us back to life. Like, they did such a good job. We would not be here if they had not taken us in and loved on us. Um, both our church and our, my hometown and then also in Fort Worth, they had just done an excellent job. If you are going to be sent anywhere, you need churches that have your back, that are going to love you like that. And mm-hmm. they did. And because of the Lord's delight in us, He brought us churches that would do that for us mm-hmm. and that would love us when we were, y'all, we were met. It was, it was so bad. But through the, I mean, with the love of the Lord, just loved on us and delighted in us. Mm-hmm. And we were able to come back uh, with anxiety. <laughs> we came back because we were just afraid of what if this happens again. Mm-hmm. But when we came back, we ended up, our family is the only family here in this town now other family they moved on to other locations of service okay and are doing a great job and at the time i think the lord delights in me what a great truth for me mm-hmm. and i didn't put it together until we got back and we were frustrated at the beginning of our second term because we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we asked for miracles and we asked for healing and he never did it and so my husband and i just wrestled with why doesn't he want to heal anybody like i know he can. like there is still tension um, healing. We would pray for the people that we were trying to share with. Okay. So we came back to our location and we want to see the Lord move in this place. We want to see the kingdom come here. Yes. And so we'd share the good news and then we would pray for the Lord to heal them. Show your power, Lord, that they might believe in you. Okay. And he did not heal for two years. We didn't see him heal anybody. And mm. so they're like, see, he can't do anything. Uh, your Jesus is a joke kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's not that big a deal. Thanks for praying for me. It's fine. And then someone, um, I was talking to a lady praying over just our work here and just being frustrated with this. And she started asking me, well, why do you love these people? Like, what do you love about these people? And I just, like, I love their food and I love their culture and I love the blending of cultures that's here. And I love their clothes and I love their celebrations. And I just, I love them. Mm-hmm. And she said, I think the Lord is saying that that is what they need to see. It's not the miracles. If they had never seen anyone delight in them before, mm-hmm. these people have been oppressed for decades. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a civil war going on here among people groups for decades, mm-hmm. um, long before the current turmoil happened. Everyone who's come here before, all the foreign countries that have come here before, have come and taken advantage of them mm-hmm. and shamed them and racially oppressed them. There's over 130 people groups here, and no one delights in them. But we know our God delights in them. Mm. And she said, I think that you are there. Your family is there to delight in them. And that is what they're going to see. And that is why they're going to want to come to know him. Mm. And when we started having that be our focus instead of the miracles and the acts of power, oh my gosh, they're responding that they're starving for that love and affection. And they don't understand it because love is not prevalent in their culture and uh, not like a word and mm-hmm. so when you delight in them and you oh my gosh your food is so amazing like somehow you make it, i want to wear your clothes and um, um, they are responding like we have never seen them respond in this, in wow. this area so that's been a huge thing in the past year that my husband and i have learned that's beautiful it started with that terrible <laughs> our terrible experience of seeing the lord do that for us mm-hmm. and now i'm getting to see his hands and feet as he's doing that for our mm-hmm. people that we're serving but it sounds like that god not saying he caused it, but he allowed you to experience that to make even some of these revelations that you've had about him delighting in you and you delighting over them mm-hmm. just more sweet. I agree. Um, I don't know if this will fit in. I, there's a story about delighting in them. There's so many that I get there. Our girls are experts at it. For me, sometimes I don't know. Like I see patients and we pray for them and we try to love on them and I go and visit our neighbors, but I try to run every couple of days in the morning. Mm-hmm. And just praying over the people that I see on the road. And in the morning, there's 
trash workers that come through. They'll come in dump trucks and they'll come in like they don't come to home to home. They'll come into like the trash like at a major dump where people have just gone and thrown stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there'll be dump trucks full of women going out to the fields to go plant corn or harvest corn or anything. They'll be out there all day, and then the dump truck will bring them back in in the evening. Mm. And a lot of these women live in my little neighborhood right here. And so I was praying over them, like, how do I delight in them? And how can I just show them that I love them and that God loves them? And I remember one morning running, and the dump truck was coming to go out to the mountain farm. Mm -hmm. And this lady was looking over the top of the dump truck, and she could see me. Mm -hmm. And I guess she knows me, (laughs) but her face lit up, and she was like, waving from the top of the dump truck just trying to get my attention as I was running as I waved back every woman in the dump truck started waving there's like 40 women in there and they just are all sort of waving Mm -hmm. so now every morning when I get to go run I see the dump truck it comes at the same time and as they're going out of the field I get to show them oh my gosh I see you Mm -hmm. and I love you and like I'm delighted that I get to see you and so my prayer is that just as I see them as I can try to show that in some small way my delight in them that the lord will allow them to understand over time that it's, it's truly the lord that delights in them mm-hmm. and not just me that they will get to see that and he'll allow them to understand that his delight in them well, that's no small thing and i even think of you know myself and looking at you and thinking of all the women that are listening right now just trying to really internalize that and letting it set in that this isn't for someone else out there, you know, that's holy or whatever, but it's for us, Mm -hmm. like that he created us. We carry that Imago Dei and that he really does Mm -hmm. delight in us. And it's almost like we need to write it down and say it to ourselves over and over again, because for some reason it can be hard to actually believe. I believe that he delights in you, but sometimes it's harder to believe that he delights in me (laughs) like right now. Yes with whatever junk I'm dealing with, like he, he loves me. He loves you and he delights over us. It's beautiful. Such a good reminder. Isn't it amazing? It is. Yeah, Um, it really is. um, Another big thing we learned from our really stressful first term is just the gift of presence. Mm. I mean, the Lord is with us. He said he's with us. He gives us his presence for us. We need that. But my husband and I are very much, uh, we like to go do things. We're high achieving. So we are always looking for the next thing. We're striving towards the next thing. And I think a lot of times, um, especially for missionaries that I think being sent out, we look forward towards where we're going or towards these people that we're going to serve. And I think our families kind of get lost in the way that, like, not, not our kids, but like our parents and our siblings and our grandparents, and they get left behind. And that's mm-hmm. a really hard position to be in, to be left, even if they agree with us. Sure. And so it was a blessing after our first time to be able to go home. Not only did we get to spend time with our church, but to go and to be with our family mm. in a, a heart place that we're not striving to get anywhere. We just got to be with them and love on them. And, um, and they got to love on you. They did. And I think, not I think, I know that that's something I wish I had known before I had gone out on the field is that to even give them that gift of my presence with them before I left mm-hmm. and to know that they're valuable to me and to us uh, is something I, I didn't give them the first time around. And so I'm so grateful to have learned that now. And I have to remind myself, just sit, just be, um, he tells us, be still and know that I'm the Lord. Mm-hmm. We do that in our relationship with the Lord, but we need to do that in our relationship with others. Just be still and That's so good. be with them, with our kids, with our parents, with anybody. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I think it's really important. So good. Um, so we've been here six years, our family. The past few years have been very difficult. I know it's been difficult for you guys in the States with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had all of that. And our area has very low resources for medical care. Very few doctors, very few hospitals. Yeah, you're it. So the first year. You're the resources. Diff- yes. <laughs> we're it. So whatever we didn't bring with us, they don't have, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And this year, in 2021, so when COVID was starting to kind of improve and they were going to, um, they're about to get vaccines able to come in the country, there was a major political upheaval. Mm-hmm. So everything's been shut down. We can't leave. If we leave, we can't come back in. No wow. one can come in. Um, so we're here. And also with that is most of the doctors that they did have, they went on strike. Mm. They left. And so now we're really, it. there's really, it's us and like, I think two other doctors oh my word. in this area. Wow. Um, so everything's coming to us. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. During this year, so we got thrown into quarantine under a misunderstanding. 
my, only my husband and I, we could bring our youngest son, but we were not allowed to bring the rest of the kids. So we were there for 10 days. So where were they? Where were your other kids? Our partners that we worked with, our other, our local friends had to take care of them and feed them. Okay. And it was a mess. Um, we were there for 10 days and I was so angry because it was a misunderstanding but still the Lord met with us. It ended up being a really sweet time of this prayer and seeking mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And that happened in January of this year. And then right after that, the whole upheaval happened. So we needed that time to pray. We just didn't know it to prepare for what was coming. Um, we are lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one can come. The internet was cut out for like three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't get video calls from family. It was, it's, it's been very difficult. Um, we can't get a lot of food favorite snacks and stuff that we could get from other countries that they would ship in. We can't get them. Yeah. But those are all small things. The bigger things is the fighting. So they had fighting before, but now there's been more fighting like in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled a bullet out of a lady who was just sitting at the market and it fell mm. through the roof. Oh my goodness. And we didn't know it was a bullet. And so she, she's sitting there in our clinic and we pulled this out and my husband and I just looked at each other. So just wow. a lot of, things have happened mm-hmm. in the past few years, it's just in the past six months. You said something earlier before we were recording about dropping something. Yeah. And your son thought. He thought it was a bomb going off mm. when he, he's half asleep and he thought it was a bomb going off. And we've heard bombings in the hills around us. We've heard bombings in town. We've heard gunfire. We've heard, it, we have felt very safe in our home, mm-hmm. but we don't know how long that might, that might change at any time we don't know mm-hmm. um and the situation doesn't look like it's getting better it looks like it could deteriorate even more and i have anxiety but it's mostly with like any relationships yeah but it's not anxious about my kids health mm-hmm. it helps to have a doctor <laughs> i'm not anxious about travel like we'll just i'm not anxious about not having food like it's fine we're gonna fix it mm-hmm. but to hear these things around us and to see it come into our clinic and to know that it's right at our door um mm-hmm. I've had anxiety about this. And so just, if I can't sleep, we can't function. Yeah. So what do you tell yourself? So when I started asking the Lord about it, what do I do with this? Like, I can't function if I'm just always scared and in my home. Mm-hmm. And about a year ago, I had started marking in my Bible and a word that stood out to me, um, I've been reading in the ESV is the word steadfast love, his steadfast love. Mm-hmm. And so I went through Psalms before this ever happened. And I had marked everything that said steadfast love in pink. And so when all this started happening, it started getting worse this past year. I was like, what do I do with this? I can't function if I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. How do we move? Like, I know we're supposed to stay. How do I live with this? And I was in Psalms that day. And I think it's 136. Yes, Psalm 136. And it just says, God rescued us from our enemies because of the steadfast love. Mm-hmm. God created the heavens and the earth because of steadfast love. So every mm-hmm. other line I had marked in pink. And I started looking through the rest of the Psalms and there it's like almost every page. There's like two or three places where I had marked that in pink, his steadfast love. Mm. And I just started reading through those places where it says the steadfast love. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He led his people to the wilderness because of his steadfast love. And in Psalm 91, he talks about, for the righteous will not be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Mm. And then, I mean, in Deuteronomy, it tells us not to be afraid, to be strong and courageous. 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget his benefits. He forgives our iniquity. He fills our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. And just seeing over and over again, because of the steadfast love of the Lord, which we have, mm-hmm. It's not if, but we have it. He says it over and over and over again. That's good. I can now stand firm when these things happen. And I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There could be an accident. There could be, I don't know. Yeah. And I have my moments of panic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then just remembering because I already have the steadfast love of the word, I can stand firm and he will bring peace. I have to let him, but mm-hmm. he will bring peace. And so he's not going to remove these scary things from our lives. I think he worked through these scary things to help us trust him more, yeah. to help us learn, be more like him. But mm-hmm. then I can still stand firm because of this. I've needed that this year because it was just, this is not only here, but I know a lot of places around the globe, there's just been a lot of scary stuff. This mm-hmm. has been rough. <laughs> but his death, we already have it, is with us. 
I mean, to see you in the situation that you're in, you know, having courage, even if it's a shaky courage, just leaning on his foundation, it just reminds us all that we can do it too, you know? (laughs) So real quick, as we wrap up, do you have any resources that you love you want to pass on? Yes. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, We love the internet. We finally have the internet. That's been great. Woo woo. But we love The Chosen. We yes. have not been able to complete all of the second season because our internet is still shaky sometimes. Oh, it's so great. We haven't finished the second season yet either. So I'm with you. There's one where he's seeing all the people lining up to be healed. And that's how my husband and I feel at night sometimes. It's like crawling in bed and just being so tired. Because they're all lined up. It's like, Jesus knows mm-hmm. what we feel like. It's just to see it on screen. Like, that's the Jesus that I know from the Word. Yes. And you go to see it on screen. It's been amazing. Uh, my kids love it, too. Yes, my son loves to fish. And so yes. his favorite one is the one where the boat was overwhelmed with the fish yes. after Jesus told them to go out again. It is so awesome to just have, like, a visual picture of what really happened. Yes, I love it. Uh, another one that we've loved is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yes. My kids loved it. I love it. My family loves it. We read it in English even before we came overseas. Mm. And one of our churches, and I know at several other churches, donated money to get translated into the local language No here. way. So now we have it, and we give it. We've given it to all the village kids. We gave it out as prizes <gasps> for Christmas parties. Yes. For a Christmas party last year. They come, and they're like, auntie, auntie, like, look. I read the story about Jonah and the, how the big fish wallet Look, look at what Jesus did today. And they come with the pictures. That's amazing. And we get to talk about that with them. Um, to, to have that in the local language has been amazing. And there's an application for it, too. So my husband and I were given the gift of Spotify. So that's been really awesome. Yeah. To to that we didn't know what podcasts were until like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been awesome. So great. Um, my eight-year-old daughter has gotten really into, there's a Bible, a kid's Bible called the Action Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's got the Bible. It's in like cartoons. So that's been really good. Yeah. And we love the version Bible app. Woo-woo. So my husband and I use that. We use it in English. And then we just recently found out that it's in two of the local languages that we use here uh, in our in our village. So we're really excited about that. Amazing. And then the other thing that's really important to us is that we want our kids to be an active part of our ministry here. It's mm-hmm. not just my husband and I doing the work. And so we really, we love it when we can find resources that help our kids not only learn and understand the Bible, but also help them get involved with our ministry and our work here. Yeah. So version also has a Bible app for kids. Yes. It's like a game. It's set up like a game. So my son gets on the computer. It's got a touch screen and he can interact with the story. It can read in the story. He's not reading yet. He's, he's only six. And he started having his local friends come over and they play the game together. And so he'll, he'll translate it. They'll read the story to him in English. He'll translate it into the local language and like tell them um, what's happening in the story. And then they play like a little game together. So we love that one. Uh, It's been really good for, for all of us. So my you version people that are listening, pat on the back to you. I mean, obviously it's God through you, but so cool that halfway across the world, or I guess not even halfway, on the other side of the world, that side, yes. <laughs> people, kiddos are benefiting. It's amazing. It is so awesome. And then the final one I would mention is we also have the homeschool here because there's not any schools available to my kid. No international schools here in our area. We live in a pretty small village. And so I love teaching older kids. My older kids how to think through things in math, but learning how to read is very difficult for me to teach to all my kids. Mm. So Explode the Code has a workbook series that you can buy in the state, but they also have an online game version. And my son, and the same son that loves the Five Black for Kids, um, he loves this game. And so he thinks he's playing a game, but he's really learning how to, to read and spell, and he's learning all his fight words mm. on this game online. And it's been great. And they give us a little report card. Explode the code. Explode the code. Mm-hmm. Okay. We love it. Awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. Final word of encouragement, even though I could keep talking to you forever. If you could give just a final word. It's got to be the final. To everyone listening, <laughs> what would you want to say? I think the final thing I want to say is to remember that we have the incredible honor to join Jesus in this work. This is not our work. Mm. We don't rescue any of these people, but we have the honor. Our obedience puts us in a place where we get to have the honor to join Him in delighting in His creation. Mm. And that includes sinners, (laughs) which are messy. (laughs) Yes, That includes unbelievers, which are messy, but that also includes 
messy believers, mm-hmm. and, but it is a joy and a privilege and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's so hard, but it's not something that I would want to pass up for anything. Uh, this has been so good. Like I'm super grateful. I just, I'm just so grateful for God's provision and that he chooses to use this little podcast. Like, look at us. I'm in Oklahoma. You're over where you are and we're talking. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm so excited for everyone else to hear a piece of your story. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. (laughs) So grateful. Great. Thank you so much. Come on y'all. Wasn't she just awesome? Well, as always, all the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes, and it would be so great, so helpful if you would text this episode to a friend or share it on social media. We just love when we can pass on these incredible stories of hope. So if you'd like to continue the conversation or stay in the know, you can follow us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Of course, you can also subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Or if you're more of an email kind of person, you can join our free email list and get new episodes sent straight to your inbox. Well, I don't know about you, but I am amped up for the day. So as you head back into your world and into your week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.